kind of zealous. All right. So Jonah. So first, actually, I lied to you. So I started off the message with a lie. I'm very sorry. First Thessalonians will be on the PowerPoint, so you don't even really technically need to turn there. So here's your do need to go. Jonah chapter two. So put one finger there. We're doing Bible study drills this morning. Jonah chapter two. And that's a yeah, that's the Old Testament, so that's in the left part of your Bible. Page six fifty four. Nice. So we got that one. And then you're gonna put your thumb, right? So you're gonna have two places set apart. Jonah chapter two and then Acts sixteen. Now I'm going to make sure mine's all set up too. 784. 784. She's good. She's fast. Yes, she is. <laughs> I know, we got to give out prizes, like start throwing them around and people get there first. People would be really intense to try and turn to the passage. But then, you know, we have a real problem when people start fighting over the prizes. Alright, so Acts 16 is behind First Thessalonians. So we got two page numbers. What are the page numbers again? Can we yell them out? 654 and 784. Nice. We got them all. Bless you. Okay. Title of the message is Give Thanks. So I felt like. Um, yeah, so praying and going through the passage and stuff this week. And, you know, Jesus is in this drama right now. Last week of his life, he's about to go to the cross. Um, they're in some pretty heavy-duty conversations going on. Uh, but I felt like uh, we should really talk about Thanksgiving. It was just on my heart. I was like, we gotta, we got to talk about Thanksgiving. Um, and uh, address some pretty cool aspects of it. And then hopefully we um, can leave... I don't know, just maybe with just a heart just of bigger thanks and a bigger appreciation of who God is and what He does. So, so that's kind of the hope, um, and I hope that happens. Let's open up in prayer. God, we... Um, you know, we, we don't even know and completely grasp or understand how much work and how much blessing You do behind the scenes that we never see or notice. And I just want to thank you for that. I pray that our hearts would be thankful for that. It's so easy and just too natural to get caught up in what we see and think and feel and um, just really be sometimes uh, drowned or engulfed by our own lives and what's going on. Father, I just ask this morning that you would just open up our eyes and open up our minds and our hearts what's really going on, to how you really are in control, how much you really do love us. And it might be very difficult this morning to find something to be thankful for, but I pray that you'd bring it to our minds, Lord. So Father, we thank you for this morning, and we thank you for who you are, and we thank you for how you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. So let me read you something as we start off here. It says, A day before Thanksgiving, an elderly man in Phoenix called his son in New York and said to him, I hate to ruin your day, but I have to tell you that your mother and I are divorcing. Forty-five years of misery is enough. 
We're sick of each other. And so you call your sister in Chicago and tell her. Real nice guy. Frantic, the son called the sister, who exploded on the phone. Like heck they're getting divorced, she shouted. I'll take care of this. She called Phoenix immediately and said to her father, you are not getting divorced. Don't do a single thing until I get there. I'm calling my brother back and we'll both be there tomorrow. Until then, don't do a thing. Do you hear me? The man hung up his phone, turned to his wife. Okay, honey. The kids are coming for Thanksgiving and paying their own flights. (laughs) Right? Some Thanksgiving Day humor and fun, you know? So Thanksgiving, um, it's it's a holiday that I would say personally, I think uh, stands out to me uh, for a couple of reasons. Um, I think Thanksgiving, it is commercialized, but maybe not quite as much as Christmas, you know, as much commercialized as that. Um, there's maybe not all the pressure with the gifts. Um, it's not like um, there's pressure for really nice weather on Thanksgiving. In fact, if the weather maybe isn't even that great, it just gives us an excuse to stay inside and eat a little bit more. Um, and another reason why I like Thanksgiving is because There's very few holidays that we as a nation celebrate and um, where we're involved in together that originally it was super spiritual, super religious, and super biblical. So one of the cool things about history is like when we celebrate days and holidays, you know, we do it kind of the way we do it and what's familiar to us. But I find it pretty interesting to go back and look and say, okay, where did this thing start? Who are the people? Why are they doing it? What were they thinking about? What drove them to do it? Like, how did we get to the place where we're at now? Because what we see now and experience now, like, isn't really the whole story. So Thanksgiving's very interesting with that. Starts with George Washington in 1789. And I'm not giving you like year by year here. I'm just giving you highlights. 1789, George Washington basically came um, to the colonies, you know, at that time, you know, and he says, hey, listen, we need a day to come before God. And on that day, we need to pray and we need to fast. That was the original intention of Thanksgiving. To come before God and thank Him for this now new country that had just formed. How God is working in now this new country. And then to also fast because He knew and others in leadership knew that man, God has more and we could enter into it and we want to align ourselves with what God has for us. Isn't it amazing to be a part of that political Campaign and leadership, and then you contrast that with now, it's, it's just sad. But it didn't even become a holiday yet then. Because Congress and other leaders, even at that point, they're like, well, you know, this is really religious. And I don't think, you know, we're trying to do this separation of church and state thing, and um, I think that's going to be kind of hard to push this praying and fasting day, but we want to like separate church and state. So in fact, Thanksgiving never became a holiday until uh, 50, 60, 70 years later with Abraham Lincoln. 1863. During the Civil War, when it started, he said, you know what? 
We need a day to give thanks before God for what He's done. And, you know, right now our country is in this crisis. You know, they're in the middle of a civil war. He said, God, it doesn't look good right now. Which I find very interesting that He's declaring a day of, proclaiming a day of thanksgiving during a very tumultuous and difficult time. Very interesting. Says something about that guy. So we as a country, you know, we need to have this day to come before God Almighty. And He says, Father in Heaven, thank Him for what He's given us. And try and get our country and ourselves back on track. It's all paraphrased. And if you have any time this week, it'd be pretty interesting to look it up. So you can look up the George Washington Proclamation, and you could even look up the Abraham Lincoln Proclamation, because that's where Thanksgiving started. It's pretty interesting. One other interesting thing about Thanksgiving is that I think that when all of us, our families as a nation, no matter how we do it, you know, and where we do it, um, I think it's one day, even like more so than maybe Christmas or Easter um, or, you know, whatever, where us as a country, I think we would all pretty much probably admit that like this is not necessarily a super strong Christian country that's like on their face, repenting before God and just asking for Him to have as well. We're just not there. It is what it is, right? All the more reason for us to shine, be salt, and be light. But on the day of Thanksgiving, maybe the country as a whole is closer towards God's ideal and closer towards God's will and God's plan for us as people. Here's why I say that and why I think that. Now we got that First Thessalonians verse. 516. I think it's on the second slide. Maybe not the, There it is. On the next one. So it says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Right? So when everybody comes together, and they're coming around their table, and they're giving thanks, that's God's will for us, in Christ Jesus, like we should be a people that does that. So if there's maybe one day where Americans and us as a nation, you know, we come together and give thanks that puts us, you know, kind of closer to the center of God's will, maybe like that's on Thanksgiving. We're starting to align ourselves and just give thanks. Like that's part of God's will for us. So it's a pretty interesting day. So what I wanted to focus on a little bit about today is that verse 18 part, right? Give thanks in all circumstances. So that's the one I wanted to focus on a little bit. Like, really? All circumstances? Give thanks? That's heavy-duty, you know, language. And, you know, is that really even possible, number one? And number two, you know, who knows how people are coming to Thanksgiving? I mean, man, we got that prayer list... There's families with babies that have just passed away. Babies that have just passed away. They just gave birth to them they just passed away. Or they didn't even make it that far and they passed away. Or somebody in their family is deathly sick. Or someone in their family just got up and left. The spouse just got up and left. People are struggling and under addiction and bondage to whatever kind of substance it may be. And it's tearing families apart. 
but give thanks, right? Give thanks and all things for this. Is really? How does that work? It seems like a tall order. In fact, it might even seem kind of impossible. Like, when you've been there in those places, and it feels like rock bottom, and it feels like it's getting tight, and the walls are caving in, and it's dark, and it's looking really bleak, man, that's one time you don't feel like giving thanks at all. In fact, it just sounds even kind of crazy to say that. Why would you do that? And what kind of God would ask you to do that? And why would He ask you to do that? I think these are tough questions, but I think God is a big enough boy to handle that. I think it's okay to come with God with difficult, tough questions like that, and I think that we should bring those questions to God in prayer. And we should have these questions among ourselves. I think that's like one small part maybe that turns people off to Christians sometimes. Oh, they just have these blind faith, you know, where they never get involved into the tough questions or ask the tough questions because then maybe they'll be afraid of the answers. Well, I'm hoping, I'm hoping and I'm praying that Calvary Chapel Naugatuck, hopefully we won't be in that group. Hopefully we'll at least be known to engage those tough questions. Maybe we won't have all the answers. But hopefully we'll at least engage in it. So I'll talk a little bit about in all circumstances. Because one thought I want to keep, and hopefully we can close up at the end, is, with is that prayers of thanksgiving change everything. They don't really change God. It's not like He really needs it. But they will change us. But I want to dig more into that in a minute. So, give thanks in all things, right? When it's closed, when it's dark, when things are caving in when life is not good. Let's take a look at a guy who knows a little bit something about that. Jonah chapter 2. What page is that? Okay, a couple people are awake. This is good. So here we go. Jonah chapter 2. Take a look at his story. It says, From inside the fish, everybody say fish. Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. Where is he inside? And then he decided to... It's too bad he didn't pray earlier because then maybe he wouldn't be inside the fish. But hey, nonetheless, that's kind of like a lot of us, right? When things get tough, they get difficult, and then we're stuck. Oh, now I really want to pray. Now I want to get serious about my prayer times. So here we go. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. So he's in the belly, he's in the fish. And you got to catch the scene, right? In the belly, in a fish. It's not like a room you could walk in. It's dark. Probably reeks. If you're inside a belly, there's like stomach acids and stuff that's like corroding and eating away like your hair and your body. And I don't have to worry about the hair part really, but maybe you do. But like corroding, you know, and eating away like the hair and the body and making your, your skin like get pale, you know, and stuff. And you're just all scrunched up, you know. And hor- What a horrible situation to be in. Not talk about dark. Talk about cramped up. Talk about depressing. And chapter 3, like, hasn't happened for him. He's stuck in it right now. So it says, In my distress I called to the Lord. And He answered me. From the depths of the grave I called for help. And you listened to my cry. So this is His prayer when He's inside the fish. You hurled me into the deep, 
And to the very heart of the seas, and the current swirled about me. All your waves and breakers, they swept over me. So you get this imagery of him being in the ocean, right? Because he was in the boat, and like he was the problem that there was a big storm. So they had to throw him out of the boat. You know, so he's getting tossed around in the sea and everything. So he's talking about that. And then in verse 4 it says, I said I have been banished from your sight. Yet I will look again towards your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. So he's struggling in the water. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. This is just not a fun situation. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you brought my life up from the pit. Oh Lord my God. See this transition that happens now? He was desperate. But now he's like, there's like a sense of hope for some reason inside the belly of the oil. In verse 7, when my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs. Check it out, verse 9. But I, with a song of thanksgiving, What? Now he's even singing? He's not just thinking, he's singing Thanksgiving? But I, with the song of Thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. So Jonah, right? Is it possible? Is it realistic to have life be falling apart, literally? Squeezing you in. Right? Literally. Is it possible to be calling out in thanksgiving? Well, Jonah apparently got to that point. It's interesting how prayers work out sometimes. It was really desperate. And then somehow, as he engaged in the prayer that was desperate, it kind of turned to, okay, God is in control and He's heard me before. And then, oh, I remember what he's done. I just got to give you thanks. I can tell you, like, you know, growing up in church, you know, my whole life, going to retreats and, you know, doing all the church stuff. Um, It was very easy sometimes to just, like, sit back, go through the motions, just kind of do whatever. It became easy, like... Over a course of time, you figure out kind of how church works. Um, and it might look different in different places. They might do different things. But after a while, you kind of get the lingo down. You know what to say. And you know kind of like how to phrase things. And um, you kind of know how to play the part. But at some point, when things get desperate and we really cry out, it's interesting how when we're just done playing games and when life gets serious and we're really getting squeezed, when we start to cry out, how somehow it turns into thanksgiving. It's a really strange thing. I can tell you personally in my life, I would say the past two or three years, thanksgiving prayers in my own personal devotional time have like taken over my prayer life. It's very, very interesting. It didn't really start off that way. It kind of started with a laundry list where I wanted to ask a lot of things and I did ask a lot of things and you know, I prayed for a lot of people, but I don't know. Somewhere along the way, staying in the Word and just praying and 
man, I don't even feel like it, you know, and I'm tired, and I'd rather do anything else like but that. And it's weird how, like, it's like that. But now it's like Thanksgiving takes up a huge part of my prayer time, what's going on. It's interesting how that has happened. And the coolest thing about this particular example is that Jonah bursted out into a song of praise and thanksgiving, not having a clue that he would be barfed out onto the beach. He had no idea. He wasn't like, oh, I'm going to praise him because I know I'm going to get this. Like, I know I'm going to get the job, or I know that this thing is going to work out for me. I know that this will happen. And so, praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. It was like, no. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I could get digested in a few days. I, I mean, who... Right? That's amazing. It's amazing. He had no idea verse 10 was going to happen. It was not guaranteed to him. God did not tell him that. Tells you something about Jonah's heart. I know it convicts my heart. Maybe it convicts your heart a little bit. So God was faithful. And he did answer prayers in the belly of a whale when somebody got barfed out onto the beach. Right? But there's also another story where there's this inexplicable... Um, praises of thanksgiving and song. That's Acts 16. Check it out. Acts 16. So we go there. Acts 16 is page... 7 what? 784. So Acts 16, verse 16. That's where we are. So we have Jonah giving thanks in the belly of a whale... And now we're going to see a couple other guys. Not a good spot either. Verse 16 says, Once when we were going to the place of prayer. So these guys were on their way to church. Paul and Silas. We were met by a slave girl who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. So this girl could predict the future. Demonically be able to do it. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and the rest of us, shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. That's interesting, right? So this girl that's like demon-possessed, making money telling the future, and she'd follow around uh, the Bible bangers and Paul and crew and saying, Hey, they're telling you the way to be saved. Verse 18, she kept us up for many days. Finally, Paul became so troubled that he turned around and he said to the Spirit, right, which was in the girl, in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of her. At that moment, the Spirit left her. You'd think people might be happy about that, right? This girl could not function on her own. She was controlled by a Spirit. She could not live her own life, make her own decisions. She could not function on her own. Now she's free to be herself, who God made her to be. Might be, people might be happy about that. Verse 19, not when money's involved. When the owners of the slave girl realized that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, and they dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them 
before the magistrates and said, these men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practice. Look at this bogus charge, right? Verse 22. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be, check this out, stripped and beaten. And it's probably about 39 lashes, similar to what Jesus went through. Something serious, to where he'd almost be dead. Verse 23, after they had been severely flogged, right, that was uh, being beaten, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Upon receiving such orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. Crazy part of the story. This woman would go around and make money for somebody else, Telling the future, Paul says, I've had enough of this spirit going around and creating havoc and chaos. And plus, it's just not right. Come out in the name of Jesus. She gets set free. Must have been an amazing sight. First problem is, oh my gosh, we're losing money now. It's crazy. It's horrible. It's sad. And then they falsely get tried. They falsely get beaten almost to death. Are they having a bad day? Could I fit Thanksgiving in there? (sighs) I'd be amazed if I did anything thankful in that situation. Verse 25. Now they're in jail. They just got beaten almost to death. About midnight. Check out what they're doing at midnight. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. There's a little footnote there. Probably singing hymns of thanksgiving to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. It's really tough to pray and sing hymns and be glorifying God and not have thankfulness in there somewhere. Somehow they're thankful about their situation. It's crazy. Verse 26, Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everybody's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he took out his sword and he was going to kill himself. That's a capital offense. You can't let the prisoners go free. Otherwise, you're going to die. So he's like, I'm just going to do it myself right now. So the crazy part here, verse 28, Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. We're all here. The doors are open. The earthquake happens. They could all leave. Nobody leaves. They all stay. It's crazy. What? And the guy's ready to kill himself. And they're like, no. And what happens is later on in that story, the jailer's like, oh my goodness, like we just beat you. We just put you in prison. You have been singing praises and been thanking God all night long. And this happened. And you guys haven't left. God is real. Come to my house. Tell me about this God. Baptize my family. I want to give my life to Jesus. So they spend the night and the guy's family gets saved. And it is an incredible story. They go back to the jail. And Paul says, you know what? They imprisoned us wrongly. They charged us wrongly. Go tell them to come get us out of here. And they eventually get set free. It's amazing. 
I don't think that they were praising God because they got beat, because they got thrown in jail. I think they're praising God because they knew that they were living according to His will, according to His plans. It brought them to this place and they just trusted Him for what might happen next. That's what we do when we sing our songs in worship. If we choose to sing Him and rejoice in Him, right? Saying, God, I'm here at this spot. I'm going through these things. I don't even know what's going to happen next. But then what happens is we have to make that choice. Are we going to stay in that spot? Or will we choose to actually, in all things, give thanks? Not for all things give thanks, but in all things give thanks. So it's interesting how we see these prayers of thanks happen in the whale, and we see them happen in the jail. And I purposely picked two stories where like things were not good for them. It was rough and it was difficult. And I really like the second one because that prayer of thanksgiving ends up getting a whole household saved. Who would have known that that was God's plan? Hey, listen, you just go head on your way up to church. God's like, you know what? It's going to be okay. You're going to get falsely charged. You're going to set a girl free. You're going to get beaten. It's okay. I need to get this family saved over here. Who would have seen that coming? See, it's very difficult for us. right? I think that the battle is, at least in the world that we live, where there's like optimistic thanksgiving and then there's spiritual thanksgiving. Optimistic thanksgiving is like, okay, I want to be aware and notice the good things that are happening and going on around my life and like be thankful for that and notice that. Which I think is a good thing. But, it's very difficult to label. In God's kingdom, it's very difficult to label what's good and what's not good. I would say, it's not good to get thrown in jail. Especially if you're doing the right thing. I would say it's not good to get almost beaten to death. I would say it's kind of stupid to have the jail doors open and you don't leave. Why would you not leave? He just set you free. It wasn't part of the plan. See, optimistic Thanksgiving, like, okay, like you want to be positive and look on that. But that's very different than spiritual Thanksgiving where we come before God and we're not even quite sure sometimes what's good or bad because His ways are so far above our ways like it says in the Word. And so what we do is we give thanks not based on what we see, think, or feel but based on His promises. God, I know You've gone before me. I know that You love me. I have a hard time believing that and trusting that right now. Help me to trust you with that. Bring some other people alongside me to help me get to that point. That's totally different spiritual thanksgiving. And so we come around our table for thanksgiving. God, you have been good to us. Thank you for being faithful to your word. You said you'd never leave us nor forsake us. You said you have plans to prosper us, give us a hope and a future. You said these things for us. We've seen them happening. Right? Spiritual Thanksgiving is just so much different. So we'll close with this thought. 
prayer of thanksgiving, it brought freedom. Everybody say freedom. freedom. It brought freedom from the whale and freedom from the jail. And sometimes it does bring us freedom from a particular situation. But I could also give you a whole spreadsheet of a whole bunch of other martyrs in other countries that are praying those same prayers of thanksgiving. And you know what? It might not work out that way. It might not. But we also don't know what their lives and what their effect is going to be around them. We have no idea. It's hard to say. And I think similar to that prison scenario, I can see many of us like imprisoned by maybe desperation, discouragement, despair, disappointment. I could definitely see like that stuff happen. Very easy to become imprisoned by that stuff. It's super easy to become imprisoned by that. And then just get tunnel vision on it and just, oh, why should I give thanks? What's there to be thankful for? And you know what? It's really tough to know what to give thankful for if you don't know any of God's promises. That's when it's really tough. That's why my heart really goes out to people that have just given their lives to God and they've just said, Lord, I want to follow you. I, I just, I can sense it and feel my heart and know it's right. We don't have really a history yet, but I want to walk that way and have that history with you. My heart goes out to them because I know Satan comes in quick and he tries to cut them off at the knees. And they don't really know the promises quite yet. And they don't know what God says about them and how he feels about them. And it could be very confusing. And man, the need for a Bible-believing church that has just a good focus, man, on church, family, and discipleship to help grow them up is just huge huge and that's our prayer my prayer that God will do that here so I think that uh, you know in all things gives thanks it's definitely a choice it's an obvious choice and I want to do it on more than just thanksgiving right the idea is that it catches on and it's like thanks living Right, so now we just don't do it, you know, on Thanksgiving and just focus on that day. But hopefully we can get to the point, we strive to get to the point where it's Thanksgiving. Right? Abide on those promises and hold on to that. Because sometimes that's all we have. And don't think for a second that Satan doesn't know that. Oh, that's just nonsense. It was written 3,000 years ago by a bunch of guys, you know, they didn't know what they are doing, it was translated all the... Blah, 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 blah. You know it. I don't need to tell you what the rhyme and reason is of what the enemy's tactics are. So why give thanks? Why would we give thanks on Thanksgiving? Well, I think first and foremost, like God says it's a command, so we got to do it. But sometimes that's not enough for us. We need to know the why. Because if we give Thanksgiving, it's not necessarily for His sake. It's more for our sake. He knows where that will bring us and how that will affect our perspective and how that will bring freedom. He just knows that. Like when, you know, Julie and I are raising Jaren, you know, we know. If we give that little monster anything, and I say that in the cutest, most adorable way possible, if we give that little man anything he wants, whenever he wants, however he wants, it's just not going to end up good for him. He's going to be a softy through life. He's going to expect things to get handed to him. And when things really get difficult in life and things are beyond your control 
and you don't get what you want. And sometimes you get treated wrong, like these guys going to jail for doing the right thing, man, that'll just throw you for a crazy ride and a crazy loop and just mess you up. Right? We want Jaron to have some strength and say, hey, and try and teach these things. Like, hey, listen, you're not always going to get what you want when you want. You know, we've got to figure out how to deliver that message at different ages and different stages of life. Just like that, God says, hey, listen, come to me and give thanks. It'll help bring to perspective in your mind of what's really going on. How I am in control, how I do love you, and how I've gone before you. And if it come, it's coming to you, it's been through my fingertips. I've touched it. I've been there. That might freak you out even more. But just trust me. Just trust me. And I think it just radically changes our prayer life. Like it says in Philippians 4, 6, it says, you know, be anxious in nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition, present your request with thanksgiving before God. So like, you know, when we come to pray, man, I hope thanksgiving, you know, takes a really, a central role in there. It's God's will for us. So what we're going to do is we're going to take communion. Like that's like, you know, the perfect time to say thanks. So we're going to sit around um, the communion table um, and take it together and say thank you for uh, what God has done. TJ is going to come on up.